0: We've got 10 nights until the next full moon. Well, he was what I would call a Sasquatch.
1: ...pilots that showed unidentified flying objects. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice chianti. I don't
0: believe 99% of the things that people claim they've seen. I think this is in that 1%. A lot of people make fun of me but I don't care. I know
1: it's there. G'day and welcome back to the Melatoga Podcast. My name's Brie Wolf and joining me today, as always, is Jordan Ernst. How you going? Good.
0: Welcome back, guys, to the third episode. God, I'm excited to be back in studio today. So am I because
1: Josh is also here because he's made a little bit of a commitment, haven't you? I haven't left. Yeah. <laughs> We have
0: no contract signed, but still.
1: (laughs) I did feel like maybe there was something watching me in the roof saying my name over and over again. Can I please get a cliff bar? (laughs) (laughs) Turns out it was Josh. me out. (laughs) (laughs) So it is the lead up to Halloween. So we wanted to get a little bit spooky. And I was kind of torn between maybe, you know, looking at some some Halloween-y murders or perhaps some horror movies because this whole weekend it was raining. And I know you two guys were away At the Bay, just living your best lives.
0: We can't help it.
1: Yeah, I was just at home, stuck in a house with a baby that was teething and wouldn't stop screaming. So naturally, I was like, we'll watch horror movies. And do you know what? Juniper has never really paid attention to the TV at all. And the jump scares are fucking her up. And I'm living for it. She's like sitting there playing with her toys. And you hear that. And she like jumps and like looks around the room like I've done it to her. But we watched quite a few horror movies. And I was looking at like, you know, trying to find out which would be the best to watch and they scientifically have determined what the scariest horror movie of all time is. Titanic? <laughs> Dude, that shit, when you really think about it, how scary would that have been to I, be on I the Titanic? I
2: hate cold water, and it just that terrifies me.
1: Yeah, and you just be waiting. You just wait, you would be putting a wig on. You've got your beard with, like, lipstick. On, you're like, please help, I have a child. It's just a pillow you're trying <laughs> yeah. to
0: hop on the boat. I can see you pushing your family aside. Yeah. Again, like, like, <laughs> <that's> for
1: Yeah. <sure. laughs> Okay, what is it? <laughs> so the movie—I don't know if you've seen it. It's sinister, with Ethan Hawke.
0: I haven't seen it, heard of it. though. Yeah,
1: he plays a writer in a—he's an author and he writes, um, like, true crime. And, and they he, come
2: true, don't they? I don't
1: know. I don't think so. I wouldn't say that. But basically, he moves into a house and there's—he uh, finds this like super eight rolls of film depicting these murders that actually took place. And it's really creepy, like that aspect of it. And then it's kind of like, oh, oh. And
2: he sits there and watches him by himself. Yes, and, yeah. yeah.
1: Apparently, that's the scariest movie of all time. And I watched it, and I was like, no, I, because I hadn't seen it. I'd always heard of it, but I'd never. It wasn't. It's not really my cup of tea. It's too like I don't know, Hollywood horror. Yeah. I guess.
0: Well, what I was about to say is those horror movies like. I don't know. They just don't do it for me. I'm more about there's got to be some sort of monster or something yeah. in the movies. So.
1: It must have been how we were raised or something, because I yeah. think because Dad's always told us stories and there was always some sort of monsters. But I'm only there for the monsters. If it's like a psychological one, it's I'm just be like a I physical threat. Yeah, I would like a physical, like paranormal, like cryptid, almost, like, yeah, something like yeah. that, like a werewolf or something. So I watched it, and to be honest, they have it kind of makes sense. The movie, You're not like oh, but the the evil dude. I thought he was, like, a little bit hot. Like, he looked like a kind of a sexy juggalo, really, like, at the end of the day. And then Daniel was just like, something wrong with you. I don't know. I wasn't bothered by it. But, yeah, you should check out the list. It's not... I don't know. They, the only movie on there that I thought of that I was like, that genuinely scared me when I looked at it was The uh, the Descent.
2: Is, oh, it, yeah, that was creepy. Do
1: you know that's also... Neil Marshall directed that, and he also directed Dog Soldiers. So it was his follow-up to Dog Soldiers. The oh, Descent's okay. when they go down into the cave yeah, and the so
0: crawlers. Yeah, I didn't... Is there two of
1: those movies? Yes, The Descent yeah, 2. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I have seen them. I, I don't know how I feel about it. The Descent 2 is just like literally a replay of The yeah. Descent 1. But it is. It's like that claustrophobic monster horror that we love. And I really like that. I was like, oh, that's it. But I don't know. They ju- they just hooked people up to like heart monitors and got them to watch all these movies. Okay. And that's how they so determined it. Yeah, they determined it. it based on like their heart rate reaction to it, which I don't think... Like if you just had a movie that was shit, but it had heaps of jump scares... You're going to get like a lot of heart reaction. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Just watch a David Attenborough documentary. Your heart
0: just (laughs) doesn't stop.
1: Because, yeah, we're all like, the world is dying. That's the saddest part about them. You're watching it and you're like, everything's just dying. And David Attenborough is just like super depressed. He's like, and here comes the monkeys. That won't be here soon. (laughs) <laughs> like he just it's really sad to watch I used to like them and then we'd watch them with Juniper and Dan's just like this is really depressing I mean, you feel like,
2: guilty he's like you did it yeah pretty much yeah. you're like I
1: feel responsible and then I just go and recycle a heap of beer cans and I feel better but you know because we get money from it yeah right so much <laughs> yeah, got to get something so back. so much out of it. money hey you're getting so much so we decided to choose a murder each you're in the dark completely Josh on this one Again, like
0: usual. <laughs> you belong in the dark. George
1: has a really strange roster where he has certain amounts of time where he can look into stuff. I'm at home with a baby all day, just tearing my hair out, wanting to do something constructive that isn't the laundry.
2: And I'm extremely lazy.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, no, but you're you don't really have the time as as much time to dedicate to I can just imagine like if Daniel wasn't as supportive as me, like I'm just sitting there researching this shit, you'd be at home, just be like everyone's like doing stuff and you're just sitting there like on a computer you've just be getting <laughs> towels thrown at you and shit yeah so who did you decide to choose we wanted halloween
0: yeah thing. i i didn't go with the whole halloween just the murders in general i find yeah. very creepy for a bit of a halloween kind okay of show. so it
1: was more like to, to spook yeah which is i will preface it with some australians are really weird about halloween like, they're really weird about celebrating Halloween or... Some
0: people get really, really, really into it. And then other people have no idea I'm what's going I'm super into
1: it. Why not? Free candy. You get to dress up like a freak. Like, I reckon it's awesome. But I understand when people are like, it's not Australian culture. It's just awkward it's for Aussies
0: because I don't know what it's like over in America. Obviously, it's huge, but they could probably go door to door, like door to door knocking. Yeah, Over in Australia, you've probably got to walk about two kilometres before you <laughs> find the next house. <laughs> and
2: and fought is. off a couple of rabbits. And by then, you're,
0: by then, you're asking for water, not chocolate. So. <laughs> Do you have a weapon?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Please don't make me go back out. Yeah. There's a deer looking at me. <laughs> but Daniel used to like dressing the house up for it and everything, which is a lot of fun, but then it is kind of like... It's the opposite here in Australia. If you do dress your house up, you get egged because it's yeah. just like, go back where you came <laughs> from. But anyway, take it away, George.
0: Um, today, I'm going to be talking about the Texarkana Moonlight Murders, okay? Yeah. So, the attacks occurred on the weekends between the 22nd of February and the 3rd of May, 1946. So, Very old.
1: Back in the day. Back
0: in the day. Oh, Very retro. I'll
1: just say really quickly because I won't include this, I'll edit this out. But because this is a multi track, what will happen is even if we interrupt each other, like if you keep saying yes, yes, I just edit it out so you can fucking talk over. And if I don't care for it, I just edit you out. What did she just say? <laughs> she, said, she said, you're not going to be in the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can, can
0: we keep that? The first attack happened on the Friday night, the 22nd of February, at around 11.45 pm. Jimmy Hollis, twenty-five, and his girlfriend Mary Larry. Uh, no. this is made up. <laughs> Nineteen. We're parked on a secluded road known as Lovers Lane. Mary after just Larry, are you hairy?
1: <laughs> and Jimmy. Oh, yeah.
0: Lovers Lane was a dirt road. It was like, come on, Lovers Lane. Yeah, it sounds like it's straight out of a movie. Sounds it? like
1: it smells like semen. <laughs>
0: probably does. <laughs> Lover's Lane was a dirt road. It was about 100 yards from the last row of houses on the edge of the city. Around 10 minutes later, close to 12 o'clock at night, a man approached a couple wearing a white mask, which looked like a pillowcase with holes cut out where the eyes would be.
1: <laughs> you, got, you guys know where that Ku Klux Klan meet <laughs> 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 is just <mentioned>, boo. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <a ghost. laughs>
0: Jimmy thought the man was pranking him, so he... He told him that he had the wrong person to which the man in the mask replied, I don't want to kill you, so you just do what I say. Which is just creepy. Change your name, Mary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the whole town's
0: sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> the couple were, was ordered out of their car, and Jimmy was asked
1: to remove his britches. How now?
2: It's lover's lane.
1: Uh, no, he, Jimmy he was like, Oh, no, no, you, it's, you're supposed to go after the girl, no, <laughs> not, not me. <laughs> not me.
0: Come on, her. <laughs> After he did so, the man hit him in the head twice with his pistol. He's Got a hoot. Mary would later tell authorities that the noise was so loud she had thought their attacker had just shot Jimmy, but it was actually the sound of his skull fracturing. Yeah. Oh. That must be loud. That's
1: pretty loud. have
0: to think that it was gunshot. Mary had then thought that the attacker must have been robbing them, so she showed the man Jimmy's wallet to assure he had no money. I love how she pulls out <laughs> his wallet. <laughs> Believe me, I've got no money, but here's Jimmy's wallet. But just then like, he's got no. no
1: money as well, and she's just like... Do you reckon she
0: was as shocked as the attack when she opened it up? She was like, Oh, oh man, what am I doing here? Yeah,
1: the attack to, like no, you need to find someone else. <laughs> <Come> on, <laughs> someone
2: just goes finish that. him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Soon after she was struck by a blunt object, after he struck her, the assailant ordered her to get up and run.
1: That's so unfair. Like it's just like what? you're already not putting her in a good place to kind of win this battle. Yeah, like it's, it's like a like, handicap. It, like it, it gets playing golf. <laughs>
0: At, the, at first, she tried to run towards a ditch, but the man ordered her to run another direction up the road. <laughs> it's very plain. So it's very unfair.
1: It's like playing The Sims. Like, <laughs> like 1946, was it? This, this is, is how he plays yeah. play The Sims in 1946. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't mind a bit of rosebud in that wallet. <laughs> uh,
0: so she did what he said, started running up the road, and whilst running, Mary spotted a car parked on the side of the road, but unluckily, it was empty. It's probably his car.
1: Oh, that's a theory.
0: Yeah. Soon after she was confronted again by the attacker who asked her why she was running. <laughs> oh, <this is> just... <laughs> to which she replied that he had told her to. <laughs> after her response, he called her a liar, oh knocked her to God. the ground and sexually assaulted her with the barrel of his gun.
1: Now, what? That's, that's what a monster pretty weird, hey? That's yeah. just it's not cool man. It's kind of like someone that doesn't have like it's obviously awful but like doesn't have the balls or is not it's more about power than anything. Yeah it's just scared. yeah, it's weird.
0: After her assault, Mary got up and ran to a nearby house. She then attempted to flag down a passing car for help, but was ignored.
1: Yeah. Would you stop?
0: Yeah, I think If it was a woman,
1: I'd stop if it was a dude. It depends. Like, if it was just a random dude, there's, like, no blood on him. He doesn't look disheveled or anything. i kind of, like, slow down with my doors locked with, like, what's up? (laughs) Like, I I don't know. (laughs) Roll him up. I think it's different for dudes, but, like, if you're a lone woman in the car, I'm not stopping. If it's, like... Like depending on the situation and what you see, if it's just some dude runs out, if it was a guy, I wouldn't. If it was a girl, i st- I in my mind would immediately be like, this is a trap.
0: But how bad is she feeling? Like everything she's just gone through, finally, oh, helps arrive. There's a car come past, I flag down. <laughs> Not <I'm>, fucking
1: Mary, <laughs> Larry, you ain't getting in my car.
0: <laughs> um, okay, so finally she was able to awaken the residents of the house and call the local authorities. Meanwhile, Jimmy had regained consciousness and flagged down a passing motorist. so I guess I wanted to stop for Jimmy.
1: So, yeah, she just like left him, hey?
0: Yeah, oh, she was kind of forced to run in a direction that wasn't chosen (laughs) to be her own. I didn't mean she was
1: like, by Jimmy (laughs) Hepburn. But like, she left him and it was like, who knows what's going on with him over
0: there? Well, if old mates cracked him in the head and it sounded like a gunshot going off, you're probably pretty safe to say old mates going to be out for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So he's regained consciousness and flagged down a person driving by. And then within half an hour, police were on the scene and no sign of the assailant was found. Okay. So that was it. Mary was hospitalised for one night with a minor head wound, but Jimmy was in hospital for several days to recover from multiple head fractures.
1: And all the bloody roasting he caught for having no money in his wallet from Mary. Yeah. He's just like, the headache from the head wound wasn't as bad as a no. her fucking nagging. <laughs> yeah. she came come and visit him and went, sorry, Jimmy. <laughs>
0: I think this has got to be the end of our relationship now. Been through a lot of trauma. Yeah.
1: the fact that he opened your wallet and there was nothing in there <laughs> was disturbing.
0: So both survived the attack. This second attack occurred four weeks later on Sunday, the 24th of March. Richard Griffin, 29, and his girlfriend, Polly Moore, 17. Now it's a pretty big difference.
1: That's a huge age gap.
0: Especially for probably back then. I don't know. Was what it was his prevalent age? back then? No, they he, were married was people like 13 back then. 29. And she was 17. That's
1: probably, that's super, I'd say so that's I'm super guess, normal.
0: I'm guessing she was She's seven, probably old. 17 and 11 months.
1: No, nah, she would have been old. I know what he's trying to say, but he was probably like, fuck, I'm have to get out these old milk milkers. 17, where's 14 year olds at?
0: So they were discovered dead in their car between the time of 8.30 and 9.30 a.m. by a passing motorist. So it's escalating. It is escalating. The car was found on Lover's Lane close to a spot called Club Dallas. Lover's Lane. Lover's Lane again.
1: Well, I guess it's Lover's Lane because you can go there and fucking no one will see you. So it's like secluded. So that's a perfect place to murder someone because you you don't want to go there and watch everyone doing that. So no one's going to be there unless they're like doing shady shit.
2: Like pistol whipping Jimmy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy.
0: Richard was found between the front seats, on his knees, with his head resting on his crossed hands. His pockets had been turned inside out, which so to me indicates that they were looking for something on sound, like a robbery, pos- maybe
1: possibly. Sounds like
2: Mary Canary was there
0: again, Robin Walls. <laughs> yeah, she's
1: just like trying to find her, a man that had some money. Yeah. yeah,
0: Polly was found face down in the back seat. Richard had been shot twice while still in the car. One shot to the back of the head and Polly shot once to the back of the head.
1: So but these dudes are like, a, he doesn't like looking them in the face. He shoots them from the back of the head.
0: That or they're trying to run away and he just, I don't, oh, so I were don't they, know. were they
1: shot in the car? Or well, were, that's, that's they what they it goes on to
0: say. Yeah. They were both um, were still fully clothed, but a blood-soaked patch outside the car suggested that they had been killed outside the car, and then, then placed the place back, back inside. In the-
1: Maybe that was because you left. Like people will drive past and just see a car there and be like, "Oh!" Instead of driving past and seeing a car with bodies, like he would have more time to get away or whatever before the crime scene. And is also,
0: found. like I was thinking about him maybe run away and shoot him in the back of the neck, but two shots to the back of the neck. It sounds to me more like execution style. Yeah, I reckon
2: he's just gone face that way. You wouldn't,
1: yeah, yeah, you wouldn't want someone running away either because, like, the chances of you, like, I know we watch The Walking Dead and everything's like a 10 out of 10 perfect fucking shot, even with a bow and arrow to the head. But it's not like the easiest task to accomplish when someone's running away from you. Like, they they would have for sure been, like, kneeling or something. No, that's
0: what it sounds like anyway. It sounds very execution style. Police launched a citywide investigation and by the 27th of March had interviewed 50 to 60 witnesses. This yielded no further clues, nor suspects, only producing over 100 false leads.
1: I don't think Texarkana is that big. I know saying. I say this every podcast, but hmm, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to Lover's I, love? I, I, I No, I, I don't think so. I was on Kentucky tour, so I didn't get really far. Um, I don't, from memory, it wasn't that big.
0: Okay. The third attack and second double murder occurred around three weeks later and was that of Paul Martin and Betty Booker. On the morning of the 14th of April at around 6.30am, Paul's body was found lying on its left side by the northern edge of North Park Road. He had been shot four times, once through the nose, again through the left fourth rib from behind, a third time in the hand, and lastly through the back of the neck.
1: Again through the neck.
0: So is that someone trying to run away, he takes a couple of shots, he hits his hand? No. He hits his rib, and then as soon as he goes down, he plucked the last shot. He's plugged straight through the back of the neck.
1: I reckon it's like almost like escalation. Like you see some cases where it's like someone got stabbed once and died, and then then if it's like a serial killer, the next body's got like three stab marks. Yeah, the next has got like worse four. Worse like and worse. He's getting like angrier or whatever it is. Man, these are safe bullets.
0: <laughs> Betty's body was uh, body wasn't discovered until around eleven thirty a.m. later that day, almost about two miles, so What's... three k's away. So he from made her run again. Sounds like yeah. A, she was found behind a tree, her body lying on its back, fully clothed with her right hand in the pocket of her buttoned overcoat.
1: So basically the thing that these crimes all have in common so far is it's all couples and it's all in parked up cars. Yes. So it's you would say it could be, it's like a crime of opportunity. Like he's looking for it, but he has to stumble across them first. Yep.
0: So Betty had been shot twice, once through the chest and once through the face. Oh. That's got to hurt. The weapon that was used was the same that killed Richard Griffin and Polly Moore in the first double murder, a .32 automatic Colt pistol. So it's the same weapon.
1: Over and over again. Yep. So they've got a serial killer on their
0: hands. Sounds like it. So Paul's car was found three miles, so it's around five kilometres away from Betty's body and around 1.5 miles, so two and a half kilometres away from his own.
2: Is this all on the road? Or is it like in the sh- just off the road somewhere? How busy is this? I'm not of-
0: sure how busy Lovers Lane is.
2: Is there a lot of time to sort of play this out? Yeah. Well, it's. Without...
1: I don't think Texarkana, like I said, I don't think it's that big. Like, I don't even think it's as big as where we live.
2: Like, there's a car come past and he just goes, right, i go smile and wave now. Well, I just guess smile and wave. I guess
1: <laughs> it could be one of those situations where, well, it's at night. Like, the first one was, what, at like 11.45 p.m. People are asleep. It's the 1940s. You don't have TV or internet. Like, you're not, you just yeah, go to bed true. when the sun goes this down. This one,
0: I'm pretty sure, was real early. Like, her body... His body, Paul's, wasn't discovered till six a.m. Yeah, but I think she was going to play at a club somewhere with a saxophone. They left her house at one o'clock in the morning.
1: Yeah, so it's like late at night where there's pretty much going to be no yeah. traffic on these like dingy side roads. Yeah, one hundred percent. And like I said, if there was someone come past, you'd like you're driving the side of the road when it's dark. You just see a car. You don't see bodies laying on the no. ground for the most no, part, no, unless okay. you're really having a look.
0: Yeah. So a reward fund exceeding $1,700 for any information leading to whoever was responsible for the murders was issued. I'm not sure how much $1,700, like, oh, the conversion, no. <laughs> <laughs> like what the conversion would be for today, but I imagine it would be pretty big since 1946. Oh,
1: maybe like 20 grand. That's me 100% spitballing.
0: Hmm. So nothing further was found. The final crime occurred three weeks after the murders of Paul Martin and Betty Booker. On a Friday, the 3rd of May, at some time before 9 p.m., Virgil Starks, 37 years old, a farmer, was in his ranch-style house, almost 10 miles, so 16 kilometers outside Texarkana. Mm-hmm. So this is in a completely different location. Yep. But still around the same place. He turned on his radio, and his wife, Katie, 36, gave him a heat pack for his sore back. Those damn farms always complain <laughs> about how wow. hard it is. <laughs> he sat in his armchair in his lounge room, listening to his favorite weekly radio show.
1: Which is what they did because they didn't have internet or TV. Yep. Smoking his
2: pipe saying,
0: Lucy, is that gate shop? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've been
0: choring. <laughs> Where's dinner? <laughs> Meanwhile, Katie was in her bedroom laying on her bed in her nightgown when she heard something from the backyard and asked Virgil to turn down the radio.
1: Loki, I really like the name Virgil and I would name my son Virgil if I didn't think he'd get Virgil the Virgin, like all through school, <laughs> <laughs> you know what would, I mean? Yeah,
0: would. you're not worth risking that. So what I imagine is she's like, Virgil heard something in the backyard, can you go check it out? And I can just hear the radio getting turned up a notch. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? only seconds later, while Virgil was reading, two shots were fired into the back of his head.
1: So wait, Virgil didn't give a fuck. No, that's what I'm yeah, yeah, saying. He, he just, just, yeah, he just kept like, on reading, turned the radio up a couple of notches.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so only, yeah, seconds later, Virgil was reading, two shots were fired into the back of his head. The shots were fired from a closed, uh, closed double window, only three feet away from Virgil. So not far at all. So outside, is
2: outside. Outside.
1: Can I ask a question really quickly? Do you think that reading... She done it? Yeah. No. <laughs> Do you think that reading a book while listening to the radio is equivalent to today's watching a movie while being on your phone? Yes. Probably. And she would, like, come out and nag him and be like, well, if you're going to listen to the radio, put your, yeah. book, your book down. <laughs> that
2: knowledge is burning your brain, Virgil.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Katie had thought Virgil had dropped something and went to see what had happened because she didn't hear the gunshots. Didn't instead, hear the gun instead she heard what she thought was just breaking
1: glass. Okay, it would have like mastered or something.
0: Yeah,
2: and she's not going to say anything because he's not getting up to check it anyway. So she's probably like, <laughs> yeah.
1: she probably came out and was like, "This is good, Cong- congratulations. This is the consequence of your inaction." <laughs> <Yeah>. Like,
0: <laughs> so she went out, thought he had dropped something. As Katie entered the room, she saw Virgil stand up and suddenly fall back into his armchair. Whoa, that's creepy. I uh, know. She saw blood ran to Virgil and lifted his head up. When she realised he was dead, she ran to the phone to call the police. She ran, She rang the wall crank phone twice. So I can only imagine running up to that and being oh. like... Like trying to get the... <laughs> operator! Operator! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could you just imagine it? So she only got to ring it twice, so I'm guessing two turns. Yeah. And then she herself was shot two times in the face from the same window.
1: She had to have survived though because who else would have told the story? I'm getting to that. Okay, sorry.
0: And we're done. (laughs) I'm getting excited. (laughs) One bullet struck her right cheek and exited behind her left ear. The other went just below her lip, breaking her jaw and sent several teeth loose. The bullet then lodged under her tongue. Mm, She caught it with a tongue? Yeah. Yeah. She's a steepest. You could say she caught caught it with a tongue. Turns (laughs) and looks at him and spits it out.
1: (laughs) He's like, I want you to run towards me. (laughs) Save me, pillow slip.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She dropped to the ground but managed to find her feet and soon after ran to get a pistol from the living room. But could not see due to her own blood blinding her. She's a badass, though. (laughs) That's so bad. This is terrible. while this was happening, she could hear the attacker trying to break into the house. She thought that this was the end and that she was about to be killed. So she stumbled to the bedroom to leave a note. She can't find the pistol because she's, she's got gonna blood on it. She's gonna, is She's going to write it in her own blood no, but too?
1: that's really considerate as well though. Oh, so considerate. Just,
0: like, Just leave a note. Yeah. Don't know what's happening. I can't say, I
1: see red, I see red, I see red. <laughs> <laughs> that would be low-key like, horrifying though. You're blinded by your own blood. I know. Like,
0: um, at this moment, she heard the attacker coming through the kitchen window, oh. so she turned and ran through the dining room, through the bedroom, down the hallway, through another bedroom, then into the living room and out the front door.
1: What's well, kind of you know your own house, don't you? But they don't know it as well as you do.
0: Yeah, because she was in there. She went to the bedroom to write a note. She could hear him like tearing at like the fly screen stuff on the door to get oh, in. That's so horrific. He stopped that. He's then walked around the house to go jump through the kitchen window. As he's breaking through, that's when she's turned around and she made the run because she thought where else is she going to get out?
1: Do you ever have moments like that in your life where you're like, do I barricade? Like, do I, f- like, fight or flight sort mm, of thing?
0: I run. Well, she thought it was over. Yeah. That's why she went to go leave the night.
1: I had a moment like that once when I was a kid and, and I remember I was in bed and it was like 1 or 2 a.m. I was a teenager. I was like 17 and I could hear someone breaking in through the back door in the pool area and I was fucking, like, there was someone breaking in. I was fucking freaking out and I'm sitting in bed like, do I have enough time to run into mom and dad's room to be like, someone's breaking in or do I wait? in my own bedroom, like, what do I, you freak for a second, like, what do I do if I get caught, and then I ran into my dad's room, I'm like, someone's breaking in, dad's like, you're insane, I'm like, someone is breaking into the house, so dad naturally,
2: grabs a gun, I was like, (laughs)
1: dad naturally does not grab a gun, and goes down the hallway to check it out, I'm just waiting in the bedroom with mom, and he comes back in, like, five minutes later, he's like, oh, it's just Josh, come to get his xbox, at, like, 2am, yeah, you'd, like, just moved out into that place on Church Street, and it was you coming back in the house at like one a.m. because you were on night shift, something like that. You were up really late, and you wanted to play Xbox, and you left it at the house. I do <laughs> not remember this at all. <laughs> it was you coming in like the back sliding door, you, it, it, I don't know if it was locked or it wasn't locked, or you know how Maybe it is, is just but it's easy to, to like, get in.
0: Real extreme night terrors. You come all the <laughs> way from. I was out about <laughs> it. I was
1: freaking out. It was, but it was one of those situations. You are like in your head, you have to stop and take the time. Like, will I have time to get to their bedroom before that person potentially gets in and like. Intercepts me somehow. Yeah. I've been
0: freaking out, wondering why someone's all the way out here trying to break into a That's house. That's
1: what I freak out about because we got guns out here. You know what I mean. So someone coming out here would know that farmers, like, can protect themselves. So they obviously have bad intentions. Yeah. Or well, yeah. they're like, I, they had issues recently with like some I'll say junkies were trying to break into people's houses because they come in through like the river. Come That's true. Like the yeah, they do. It? to the houses down on the flats. That's crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: So, barefoot, she ran across the street to her sister's place, but nobody's home, so she ran a further 50 yards to another house. The owner of the house answered her call for help, where she said, she gasped, Virgil's dead, then collapsed, slunking, sl- uh, slumping to the ground. So she just got there, said Blood Virgil's loss. dead, and then just collapsed.
2: And here's my letter. <laughs> <laughs> Everything, everything's there.
1: It's like, fuck you, sister. Like, it's just like a heap of bad shit about people that she hated.
2: Just says he should have checked the noise.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the owner of the house got help from a neighbour and they drove Katie to the hospital. Immediately after authorities heard about the shooting, they set up blockades several miles north and south on Highway 67.
1: Do you think they automatically thought it was the same dude? Because it's kind of a different MO. It's still a couple, but he's not broken into a house yet. I think
0: it's just because it was around the the same place. Do you
1: think like maybe he was cruising and couldn't find anyone? So he was like, let me, I'm just going to go a little bit further out where it's a bit more remote. And then I'll just try a house. Like he's getting balls. Yeah, in now he's going to yeah.
2: someone's property. Yeah. And it's completely, that's completely different though. He shot him from a distance. He hasn't gone up and tried to do his little I place. guess it
0: just falls in the category cause it's in the same sort of place in the same yeah. sort of time frame. Like but- this was only got like, three weeks and the they're all three
2: weeks one. or a month apart. Yeah. It's yeah. like here's it me monthly, like, But that's what, they, what they
1: say, though. Like it's <laughs> Marking kinda, down the calendar.
0: <laughs> the yeah. Ooh, Maybe it's, it's a werewolf. Patent it, <laughs> partner, <laughs> <it> nearly.
1: <laughs> but it's one of those things that they do it and they get. It's kind of like a fuel tank. They feel full of like this awesome feeling, and then over the months it starts to dwindle and dwindle and dwindle, and they get like the oh, urge geez. to do it again. They get like they jones yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, no one was charged for the murder. They didn't find anyone. The Phantom Killer was never caught and the Texarkana Moonlight Murders never solved. Oh, I
2: really thought yeah. we'd catch
0: this guy. So like, they had Nothing.
1: a movie about it. It was, yeah, um, it was the, the Town Who T- Dreaded Sundown. That's
0: it, yep. And there was a remake recently, I think 2014 yeah, or I watched
1: the start of it, but I didn't finish it. I don't think it was a bad movie. I just turned it off for whatever reason. Yeah,
0: it was based on the events of the... Moonlight murders. I think they
1: actually also think that it's one of the cases that they revisit where they think maybe it could have been the Zodiac Killer and because they stopped so suddenly they thought maybe this person had moved yeah. and started killing somewhere else. I thought there was like a link to that or not. But it is a weird one. Like he escalated all the way to the house and then that was it.
0: Well, there was only three people who survived it and Katie couldn't, Give a description of the attacker because of all the blood, she had yeah. no idea what he looked like. Because she would have, she would have had it. the pillow. Yeah, but there was a description from Jimmy Hollis and Mary Leary. Mary, yeah. So, but they were conflicting stories.
1: Oh really? Yeah. Because so, Mary was just like, oh yeah, and then he. The confliction in the story was Jimmy said that there was heaps of money in his wallet, and Mary said there was not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Mary just slipped it out into a pocket yeah. before he showed it. <laughs> So, Hollis believed that he was young, dark tan, and a white man under 30 years old, whereas Mary believed he was light-skinned African-American
1: man. No, 100% he was white. They're so, always white. Like, you have, how many black serial killers do you know?
2: Yeah, not many. Personally, no, none.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know of one, which was like the, the Atlanta child killers. Like the Atlanta Ripper. I don't know if it... Yeah, I think it was yeah. the guy that was like luring kids with the promise of record deals and then... Oh, okay. Out. Yeah, so different. And then there was... They reckon the most recent one is the what they believe is the worst serial killer of all time. He's named Sam something. And he's... This is like so big, it would take ages to cover it, but he basically goes and sketches all the people that he killed over all like these years. And it's like really unusual because you don't really see black serial killers. Yeah, right. And he was like the worst serial killer of all time. Basically, he'd go and draw like. The oh, photo. so he went
0: straight to the top.
1: He would kill like yeah people that were not going to be missed really, or like hitchhikers, vagrants, like a uh, like sex workers, people. yeah. And That's but awesome. then he would go and like draw like a kid. He would draw it out, but it would bear such a resemblance to the crime scenes or whatever. They're like, oh, we can attribute that with this case, and he'd tell them details. It's still ongoing. Oh well, yeah, it's kind of crazy. We'll
0: have to do a show on that—that sounds good.
1: Well, yeah, I was looking into it, but it's kind of hard. I feel because I'm really lazy and you look at it, you don't really have as much information when the case is ongoing until afterwards. And that's when you get all the creepy, creepy details. Well, my case is on a, a girl called Martha Moxley and she was killed on the eve of Halloween. So they found her body on Halloween and it's a bit of a, I don't know. I think I had heard of this one maybe before, but when I was trawling the sites, I found it. I just thought it was kind of interesting. So on October 31st, 1975, the brutally beaten body of 15-year-old Martha Moxley was found on the family property after she failed to return home from a Halloween party. So this murder took place in the richest town in the richest area in the country, Greenwich, Connecticut. So this place is, like, super fancy. Like, the only people that could afford to live there were, like, fucking some Bill Gates motherfuckers. Like, these are, like, rich, rich people if you Google photos of the houses or just the area. Like you have to be R-I-C-H to live there. Yeah, like CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. Like it's crazy rich. So the family was made up of dad John and mum Dorothy and Martha's 17-year-old brother John. So they'd moved here from California in the summer of 1974, a little over a year before Martha's murder. So Martha was a really pretty girl. She kind of had this California beach babe look going on and her attractiveness and her sunny personality is always mentioned in interviews or in like documentaries you watch about it. So she kind of reminds me of like, I don't know, some extra in like a Beach Boys kind of video or something. She was, and I also think it's really funny. There was like a comedian once who always talked about like, you know, how when like a girl dies and they're like, she was so beautiful. And it's like, because she, it's such a loss because she was so beautiful. Like, if you're ugly, yeah, no one cares. You've got a good it,
0: personality. No one yeah, cares about it. No one that.
1: gives a shit. But if you're beautiful, such a loss. <laughs> and, but that's what they always, she's so beautiful, such a loss. They always say that. So she made friends really quickly and easily, and she was considered relatively popular amongst the students at of school. Due to her beauty and bubbly personality, she attracted the attention of 15-year-old Michael Skakel, a boy in her grade, and he was kind of in her group of friends, I guess. So Michael was one of seven children. His mum had died from brain cancer two years prior, leaving his father, Rushton. That's his real name.
2: Jeez, oh, these names are all That's made. what I mean. No, it's like <laughs> rich people names. Rushton. What is Rus- it? Rushton. Mount Rushton.
1: Rushed on. I rushed onto the boat so I didn't miss the ferry. Like, Rushton. I rushed on. <laughs> <laughs> so they left Father Rushton to care for the unruly children. And though he was a really pa- pa- like powerful man in the community, he had literally no control of his kids.
2: He got picked on as a kid for that name, and that's why he's become so good and powerful.
1: Yeah, because he was like a man, a boy could sue. Right? Yeah. we <laughs> <You're about fighting. laughs> are not fighting. Were you Met rushing th- to, Rushton? <laughs> Towards you! <laughs> Started from the bottom now. <laughs> here. I'm coming for it. He's always in a hurry. <laughs> so like everyone else in the neighbourhood, the Skakels were fucking rich. They're also related to the Kennedys. Like, So I think it was like their mother's sister was married to one of the Kennedys. So they've got that, the Kennedy family the as connection. well, Rich, yeah, and corrupt. So... Um, Russian controlled the Great Lakes carpet and it's one of the largest companies, private companies in the world. So he was like tippy top and he had the local police on his payroll. Like he had him work in security for him, like taking him back. Dude, he would have parties and the cops would park the cars. Like that's, they were on his payroll. They just do whatever he wanted, really. And they patrol, like, his grounds of his... Like, like, just the cops were doing that. Looking they'd, out
2: for those bullies.
1: The cops were... <laughs> <laughs> but they were parking cars, dude. Like, how demeaning is that? I don't care how much money you give me as a cop. Like, they're just like, yeah, we've got this investigation. Like, but can you just put, put that in the garage for me? Like...
0: Yeah, can, you got half an hour to play valet for yeah, me. Yeah, pretty...
1: Like, that's kind of condescending. But anyway... So because of this the cops kind of always turned a blind eye to the kids' shenanigans because they were often left under like unsupervised. So all he was typical, it's
0: always typical. Typical
1: fucking rich people bullshit. Yeah, yeah, they would be that's like hey, yeah, vandalising stuff, like just or like drunk and disorderly, and the cops are like, It's okay, we'll take you home. Come past the cars. <laughs> like, <laughs> pretty yeah. much. You want me to take your skateboard? I can put you on my uh, Yeah. <laughs> and even at fifteen years old, Michael was already heavily into alcohol and was dabbling in drugs. So, uh, Michael appeared to have a very competitive relationship with his 17-year-old brother, Tommy, so they were closest in age. So, Michael was really jealous of Tommy. Like, Tommy was considered handsome, which, like, to be honest, you look back at photos of them, and I don't think so. Like, I would say Michael was the better-looking one, but that's just personally. But he was considered handsome, popular, and athletic, and Michael just, like, lived in his shadow. Kind of like you two.
0: Yeah, Josh has been in my shadow (laughs) for a very long time now.
2: (laughs) But I'm taller than you, which is (laughs) physically impossible.
0: (laughs) I saw you crouching down
1: <laughs> okay this, this isn't science this is like emotional oh, what the <laughs> <laughs> okay so on the night this is this is the bit too so on the night before Halloween the kids of Greenwich partake in something called hacker's night which is kind of like a massive prank night where they egg cars toilet paper houses general destruction of property that doesn't belong to them so it's like Seems super bratty and like rich kid entitled bullshit. Well, if they can
0: get away with it, they don't have to care about consequences. Like and they, ju- they can just do what they want. Yeah, dude, yeah. they
1: probably like threw eggs at people driving Mercedes and were like, quit being poor. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like that sort of thing.
2: Chicken farmers made a lot of money that year. Here
1: comes the rich kids.
2: Get those eggs out.
1: 10,000 a carton. <laughs> I mean a, an egg. <laughs> he's a free range, bitch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't throw the cage once they cut you open. <laughs>
1: So the Skaggles were having a party at their house, which is just like across the road and a couple of houses up from Martha's house. And Martha really wanted to go, but she'd been grounded because she stayed out past her curfew the weekend before. So she begs her mom, Dorothy to let go and Dorothy relents, but tells her she has to be home by 10 PM. So Martha, like, she grabs a carton of eggs, presumably to throw at poor people, and leaves it around 7pm. Can you just imagine that, like, what our parents would do if you were just like... your Like, her mum, like, would have given her the carton of eggs and was like, go have fun. Like, Yeah. No, I don't... Like, it's a waste of resources, for one. You can <laughs> eat them eggs. Like, i
2: imagine dad would give you advice on the way out how to throw them. Like, dad's no. try too hard, crack on your hand.
1: I don't think he would. I think he would be like... Dad's, like, really kind of more, like... It depend if it was like someone we didn't like. He, he goes, would, "Who was it?" Yeah, it de- yeah, it was depending on who. It, did they deserve it? Would be you can't just throw it at random people, really. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you could. And Mum
2: would just go, "Daniel, and
1: then, I'm making schnitzel and I need that for the batter. Give them damn back. <laughs> we just go up to the chooks and just throw on chooks at people. <laughs> <laughs> <to get laughs> of X. So. Martha leaves around 7pm, she meets up with her friends, Jeffrey Burns and Helen Nix, and they head over to the Skakel's house party. So, Big Papa Russian is out of town on a hunting trip, probably after those bullies, I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> Mount them to the wall.
1: <laughs> but he's hired a 23-year-old live-in teacher called Ken Littleton, who was meant to be supervising and keeping the boys in line. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a substitute teacher. Yeah, And if I know Ken. about substitute teachers, it's they can't fucking control shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you hire a teacher to do that? If you're not listening to your dad, you're not going to listen to a teacher as a teenage It sounds like a, a fruitful
0: effort. It's like the dad went, oh, it looks like I'm trying to control the yeah. kids, so I'm going to employ this person. Like but a 23-year-old, no
1: he'd just be fucking partying with them. Yeah. Hey, like fresh out of college. Wouldn't I brought a shit. the eggs, guys. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So Littleton um, has like a bit of work ethic like myself, and he was just upstairs watching TV instead of downstairs keeping an eye on the party. <laughs> <laughs> <and> thinking, Fuck. <laughs> So 9pm rolls around and Martha is in the Skakels Lincoln listening to music with Michael, Jeffrey and Helen. So Martha and Michael are in the front seat and Jeff and Helen are in the back. So it's kind of implied that maybe they were crushing on each other or like Michael was really into Martha, but she was the kind of girl that like any interaction could seem like she was flirting back when she was just being like nice. And he, so he kind of thought maybe there was this imaginary relationship building. Like maybe there really was, but I don't know. So and here comes big brother Tommy to shit all over everything. So he slid into the car seat next to Martha. So she moved over and she's like putting her... So now she's just sitting between the brothers, which is like lovely symbolism as well. She's just (laughs) smack bang in the middle. So Tommy starts laying on the charm flirting with her and she's like giggling and acting like reciprocative to the attention he's giving her. He places his hand on her legs a couple of times, and Michael is just sitting there silently, I can seeing just them, like just watching <laughs> his brother doing this. Like he thought this was going somewhere. Martha was like chatting with him, and then fucking Tommy comes in. He comes big bro yeah, to everything. Just ruins everything. They like already hate each other. So at nine p. Uh, nine thirty p.m., the older Skakel brothers rock up, and they need the car to go to see their cousins. The cousins are watching like Monty Python on the TV, and they're like, "Can we go see them?" Which is weird because if these people are so rich, how come they have the one car? You'd think every kid would have a car, right? Yeah. Why <laughs> are they just sharing this one Lincoln? Michael asks Martha, like, "Michael's like, okay, let's go. I'll go." Martha, do you want to come with? And she's like, "No, I'm just gonna stay here." And and Tommy's like, "I'm gonna stay too." So Michael, like, Oh, you're I'm going. I'm go not he, All of him. Yeah, but he did it the wrong way. You don't say, "I'm going." Do you want to come with me? And then she goes, "No." And then you can't just be like, "Okay, well, I'm not going either." It's too obvious and now. He's like, oh, you're right. I didn't want to go, yeah. go. Yeah, exactly. So now he's like. have to go now it's gonna look weird so he decides all right i'm gonna go with my cousins she stays with tommy so martha and tommy walk off towards the house together and who knows what happens they walk back off towards the house so back at the Moxley house, around 10pm when Martha is supposed to be arriving home, her mother hears some kind of disturbance outside. She hears like voices and a dog barking and for some reason she just doesn't investigate. She's Virgil! Get just... yeah. <laughs> out there Virgil! Writing a note! <laughs> no, these cases have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> as far as we know. <laughs> so she's annoyed because um, Martha's not home. And around midnight, Dorothy checks Martha's bedroom and becomes concerned when she still doesn't find a daughter. So she starts ringing around the neighborhood looking for Martha and she finally gets a hold of Helen. Helen tells her the last time she saw her she was with Tommy Skakel. Dorothy starts blowing up the Skakel household phone, like trying to talk to someone. She keeps ringing them and ringing them and no one wants to talk to her. Eventually, like the sister answers and Tommy like refuses to talk to her but he goes, oh, tell her, like he gets the sister to relay a message for him and to tell the mum that the last time he saw her was at 9.30 when she was walking home. Naturally, Dorothy freaks out and she calls, like, because that was so long ago. So she calls the cops and reports Martha missing. The cops do a quick search of the neighborhood and they don't find anything. The next day, people start kind of arriving at the Moxley home to com- comfort Dorothy, see how she's going. And at 12, 15 p.m., 15-year-old Sheila McGuire is walking through the Moxley yard. So that's how the kids kind of get around. They all It's not really, like, fence. They all just mm, walk through each other's free yards. range. Pretty much free range, rich kids. And she notices what she thinks is a sleeping bag under a large pine tree. She goes and takes a closer looks and a closer look and finds Martha Moxley lying face down. She runs to the house and a neighbor confirms Dorothy's worst fears that Martha is dead. Two Greenwich cops, Dan Hickman and Miller Jones, arrive at the crime scene, so they've never dealt with anything like this before. They just park cars. Like this sh- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: they rock up. Did someone in the car move? Yeah. No, okay. Well, oh, I don't well, awesome know what to do
1: then. Well, you up there. This is way out of our price <laughs> <Yeah>. range. Pretty, <laughs> you can't afford us, Moxley's. <laughs> no, so like this shit doesn't really happen in the area. There hasn't been a murder there since like the late nineteen forties. So these cops oh, the old eggshell murder. where yeah. <laughs> someone just got hit too many times. <laughs> so these cops don't really have like the skills needed to handle this situation. Chief of detectives Tom Keegan arrives to supervise the investigation. And sees it's pretty much like a kind of shit show of fuckery going on. Like the cops didn't secure the scene. He gets there and one of the cops is like patting a dog.
2: <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> like,
1: like legit though, no, he's like patting a dog and he's supposed to be watch, like at the body watching the body. And they determined like over 12 people have come and gone looked at the body. Like the dog's got a bit of blood on it. Like it was sniffing the body or whatever. It's and he's just like, yeah. Was it you? <laughs> <laughs> Like, you don't know what possible evidence could have been removed Ugh. or who's... Sounds like, like it was just a shit show. Dude, no an one absolute knew what was shit show. So, Detective Keegan goes to inspect Martha's body and he notes her extensive head wounds. A series of blows has, has crushed the right side of her skull.
2: Crushed it?
1: Yep. And her jeans and underwear have been yanked down to her knees, suggesting a sexual element. Mm. He also notes a stab wound through her neck. So, it was a really brutal, rage-filled attack. The way the wounds were inflicted suggests an extreme level of anger, like... The person must have known Martha and maybe he felt, he or she, felt slighted by her actions. I don't know. So the cops follow a trail of flesh and blood towards the front of the property where they locate the murder weapon. Well, parts of it. They find the blood drenched head of a six iron golf club and it's a rare Tony Pennant brand. Have you ever heard of that? You like golf.
2: I don't like it. You don't like <laughs> Not golf? Not very good at it. You play it a lot. Well, I do. It's one so of those you games do it. you don't like, oh, I'm going
0: to Callaway down the fairway.
1: <laughs> Four. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's imagine... Uh, that, I think that is how this went down.
0: Oh, sure. I don't think he yielded four, though. That would have given it away. <laughs> and if, so, if he did, then she didn't move. It's her fault. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. 12 metres away towards the side of the house, they find a large pool of coagulated blood with a piece of the golf club shaft. But the cops can't find the key piece of the club, which is the handle, which would maybe have fingerprint evidence. Mm. So cops are searching nearby properties, and guess where? They find a matching set of clubs. In a car. They're mm. Well, what, what sort of fucking guess was that? Why in a car? Because the cops valet park car. That's how oh. they would have found it. A- <laughs> I'm where guessing they that's what.
2: Where- <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't finally got to move this. Oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, that was obvious.
1: <laughs> no, it was like the Skankles somewhere, and guess which was the only club that was missing. Michael's. <laughs> the six iron.
0: Michael's six iron. <laughs>
1: No, it wasn't, it wasn't Michael. So um, Michael little, did it. It's a little suspicious. It was actually the clubs were owned by his deceased mother. And the only club Ghost that was story. missing was a six-iron. And she actually had her name engraved into the shaft of the clubs.
0: Now it's engraved into a skull. It would have
1: been in the... Sh- <laughs> That's morbid. <laughs> it would have been... factual. Like the handle that was missing would have had the engraving on it. So Martha's body is removed and the cops start identifying potential suspects. But when it comes to the Scakels, they kind of like tiptoe around them because they like their parking cars gig, I guess. Or because they were on the payroll. Like they're just, they just, he's a powerful man. They're kind of, I guess, scared well, of Imagine him.
0: being the cops. You're getting paid to do bugger all, all day. Mm. Like you're just parking cars and still getting your money. Yeah. Just take it. They
1: don't want this to end. No.
2: Old Bruce the Sheriff's sitting there going with a bit of, bit of chewing gum in his mouth going, yeah, I would have gone with the four-iron.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but they, they do genuinely think, like, you get to it later on, but th- where the, they go back and investigate the cop, Miller Jones, who was, like, first on the scene. And he was, like, when he first got there, he was, like, oh, no, the handle was in the neck when we arrived. Yeah. And there was people coming and going and cops and stuff. So it is kind of implied that maybe one of them removed it because they were...
2: Hmm. And Miller, why'd you bring your dog? Like?
1: <laughs> no, it was just the neighbor. <laughs> That's why he heaps into it. You don't care that much about your own dog to be like, oh come here. Like you pat them, but when it's a neighbour, how much more exciting is it when it's a dog you've never seen yeah. before? Who's like, a good dog? Yeah, you want to get to know him. Who's a good boy? Is he? They get literally no search warrants for anything to do with the Skagles. Like they don't bother searching their house. They don't get like the telephone like warrants for the phone calls or like even for the Lincoln car, which was like pretty much where she was last seen. Nothing. Mm. They very briefly interview Michael and he says he's la- he last saw Martha with his brother Tommy as he drove away with his older brothers to his cousin's house at around 9.30 p.m. He says he got home from his cousins at around 11.20 p.m. and went straight to bed. So they talk to Tommy next and because he, he was the last person to see Martha. He's like automatically a suspect, kind of like the highest on the list sort of thing. He says that he she left at 9.30 p.m. and then he went upstairs to watch TV with the teacher, which I, I don't know. It seemed kind of weird too if there's a party going on. You don't go upstairs to a dude you don't even know and sit next to him and watch TV. I watch mean, the, yeah. yeah. So he shares what's to, on. It was like Monty Python, I guess. Oh. I don't know. He's like big back in the day, I guess <laughs> so. So later in the investigation, Dr. Keegan gives Martha a time of death of 10 p.m. And this isn't based on any forensic evidence, but it's based on Dorothy hearing that commotion in the backyard. So now Dr. Keegan going, uh, like, he kind of thinks because he's put it at that 10 p.m. time, it eliminates the Skagel boys because they've both got alibis for that time. So they're no longer suspects and they don't have any other suspects. There was some case. They thought like maybe a drifter had come in and done it or something like <laughs> that. The like the clubs. Yeah. Are. Pretty, yeah. like it's crazy. Hey, like yeah. so dumb over the years, the case grows cold. The Moxley's move away into another neighborhood, obviously, because it's super frustrating that like, no one seems to give a shit about their family. Cause everyone's too scared. How of the terrible scared it would it be? So terrible. And like, you could tell there's like that big rich roadblock and yeah. no one's getting answers and you don't know what you should believe or what you could like could believe tommy goes to college and flunks out michael is in and out of rehabs for alcohol and drug abuse and in august 1991 the cases reopened due to public pressure to have it re-examined and this stemmed from robert kennedy smith finding himself in some trouble for um i didn't look into his case too much but for rape apparently in florida and the um cause the Kennedy's who was like, that tommy uh, robert kennedy smith oh so because the kennedys are related to the skakels i guess it kind of brought up that old case of like oh they're doing bad shit look at this other bad shit that happened to their relatives and it brings a spotlight back on the martha moxley case but nothing happens for more than 20 years and her case remains unsolved until a former lapd detective mark fernham gets involved in 1997 Most of the information i got was from his book it's called shit what was Kind a parallel park, probably. (laughs) (laughs) No, he was like... He hated the cops. He was like, fucking dickheads. It was called um, Murder in Greenwich by Mark Furnham. But he was kind of like... Very original. Yeah. He was like a disgrace cop though. He was on the OJ Simpson trial and he was bringing, which is like another kind of parallel case, like a really rich dude gets away with murder basically yeah. from the looks of it. It's all but connecting. he was considered a disgrace cop because it turns out he was actually like just a little bit racist and he like lied on the stand. So he was sacked and everything. And so he started writing books as you do. And he's like really hot for himself in this book. Hey, like he just thinks he solved the world. But this book doesn't also include like what it's only, this is in 1997. This goes on for a little bit. So he just thinks he's, like, the biggest hotshot ever. Hey, he's kind of, he's, no doubt he did good work, but, like, fucking simmer down on yourself already. Cool, you <laughs> jerks. So Fernand believed that the initial cops are incompetent, so he went back through the police reports and pieced the murder together. He determined Martha was first attacked towards the front of the house and she was attacked from behind. But then at the same, in the same breath, he's like, and also it seems like because there was no defensive room, she must have known her attacker. But if you attacked from behind, you Maybe don't even surprised? fucking... Yeah, but you don't even see your attacker. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, so, saying but he no... says it in the same breath. She was attacked from behind and then... Which, I don't know, that just it didn't sit right with me. Right? It doesn't make yeah, sense, Yeah, that doesn't does make it, sense. That's no. more so that which was it? Yeah, which was it? It yeah. was one or the other. To yeah. me, it sounded like she didn't know he was there and she got hit in the back of the mm. head and that was the first blow. The blood trail indicated that the still-breathing Martha was dragged 12 metres away where she was beaten to death with the golf club. From the blood evidence, it was determined she was left there to bleed out for about an hour when the killer returned and used the broken shaft of the golf club to stab Martha through the neck, ensuring she was dead. Just
2: to make sure. So he
1: like he beat the shit out of her. But I also watched another documentary on it, and it was like you can't really break a golf club just even beating the shit out of a person. Even if you beat the shit out of like concrete, they couldn't break it. Someone would have had to have like stomped on it to break the shaft and then used it as a weapon. So it kind of seems like the first part of the attack was like really raged, frenzied, kind of want to beat the shit out of you. And then they took like an hour and calmed down and came back and was like more calculated about it.
0: Yeah. Like they snapped the golf club over the knee or something like that. Yeah, exactly.
1: So he was like, thought about it and was like, better make sure she's dead and stabbed her through the neck. And it was like one of those things that when they found her, they found like strands of her hair from one side of her neck came through the hole onto the other. Like it was gross. That's disgusting. The killer then dragged Martha to the place where she was discovered under the tree. The only other suspect that they really had was that one where they're like some dude came off the road. Like, like a, a drifter or yeah, whatever. Drifter came out. and killed her. But then they also, for a little bit, suspected Ken Littleton, the new teacher that was supposed to be watching the boys because he was like... It was like his first night on the job. But it seems weird, like why so much rage for someone. So much to do hate that. He, towards someone. Yeah, and you didn't even know it. It's yeah. like new in town yeah. sort of thing. You, the last thing you do be like, I guess go and beat the shit out of a girl. Like yeah, who you don't that, even know. That doesn't line up. Just, unless yeah. he
0: unless he's got a background in it, which nobody Which would I don't know.
1: they don't think he did. Yeah. To Fernham, all of the evidence pointed towards one of the Skakel boys, like the ten PM didn't really make sense to him, like who gives a shit if she heard some noise at like the mum raccoon
0: something. in some bins or something. Yeah, like, like that. that's yeah. you don't
1: know what it is. And they they determined that they weren't suspects based on this. And he was like, that's not good enough. Like you can't just yes. discount these like major suspects just because she's like, I heard a noise at 10 p.m. He receives this secret report from a fellow crime author, and it was written by a company called the Sutton Associates. And they were employed by Rushton Skakel to investigate Martha's mur- murder and advise the Skakel family how best to handle the situation. And this was written in 1995, so four years after they originally, like, so they reopened the investigation. Yeah, the cold case, yep. Nobody but the Skakels were supposed to have read this. It was, like, a really private document. I have no idea how he got it or what it it was, but it contained psych evaluations of the Skakel boys and interviews with, like, witnesses and and talk of, like, their alibis. And Mm. they reckon that maybe this happened because it's now 1995 and there's more, like, DNA evidence is now a thing. Mm. And she had DNA evidence on her. Like, whatever had happened, um, she hadn't been raped, but the person like was really happy with the killings, or whatever felt really powerful, and they like masturbated onto her. Oh, so there is DNA evidence there, and now it's kind of coming up. Well, shit! If they if they've captured that DNA evidence, how are we going to explain? So it? it's
0: like a game plan they're putting together. A game uh, yeah, plan I and... would
1: say this is this is all allegedly. Yeah, of course. This is what the author believes that it was it was constructed to create this kind of fake alibi so that they can explain away yeah. potential DNA evidence. The boys changed their story from the original night. So now Tommy was with Martha until 9.50pm and they were like getting sexy. He, I think he originally said that they'd had sex, but the coroner had determined that she was a virgin. So then he was like, oh no, no, we, we did everything but that. <laughs> So like like this is literally what's happening. Like he's like no 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 change your story again. We did everything but sex. I held her hand. But sex no. (laughs) No. But you know what I mean. He but like yeah. He was like they did everything else but actual penetrative sex. And then Michael also says that, oh, yeah, no, after I got home, I actually wandered the neighbourhood for a little bit. Oh, I and I climbed that. up a pine tree outside Martha's window. I threw pebbles at it trying to get her attention. And then when nothing happened, he masturbated in the tree and left.
2: Oh, so they're trying yeah. So right? now it's like, oh, God, they're on me.
1: So isn't that, like, it's so weird. What he actually thinks happened was that obviously now, like, I reckon... I do He doesn't really know which boy it was. He's leaning towards Michael because mm-hmm. it's like a lot of rage. He thinks that maybe Michael came back when Tommy was hooking up with Martha and they get in a fight. And Martha's like, you're both fucking weirdos. Like, this is really uncomfortable for me. And then walks to go home. And then one of them goes after her sort of thing. But you would think, like, he talks about the amount of blood splatter that would have have to have been on the perpetrator. Yeah, Like, someone would have had to have seen something within their family. Like the blood evidence and then they didn't get warrants for the Skaggle home, so no one could go and look for anything yeah, or find it. That's the
2: key. Yeah. But I mean, people
1: in the family would have had to have known it was going on. But it's just weird that both they tried to explain DNA evidence from both Tommy and Michael. So it's kinda like they lean towards one, but I personally I reckon probably two. So like like they're clutching at straws to try yeah. and
0: explain away what happened and it makes no sense. So this
1: was like 20 years after the murder had happened, yeah. he's looking into this the prosecutors convene a grand jury to review the case, looking at Michael as the main suspect. And on January 19th, 2000, Michael Skakel is indicted for the murder of Martha Skakel on May, 2002, the trial begins. And on June 7th, after five weeks of like the trial and then four days of deliberation, Michael Skakel is convicted of second degree murder on August 29th, 2002, Michael is sentenced to 20 years to life in prison. And that's how it ends. How long after the murder was this? This was like 25 years. Mm. No, just kidding. In 2013, he was granted a new trial and was released on a $1.2 million bail. And then in December 2018, the Connecticut Supreme Court vacated Michael's conviction. And that's the last in the case, so he's free. Money,
0: money, money.
1: (laughs) But in in saying that though, like, while I believe one of them did it, Mm. you can't... It's like reasonable doubt. There's enough reasonable doubt to suggest that maybe Tommy did it. You can't lock Michael up. There's enough reasonable... You know what I mean? Like,
0: I'll tell you what I think happened. What? Tommy jumped in the car and she was in between them both and he got to take her home. So they went inside, had a bit of milk and cookies. Mm -hmm. She come back outside. Michael's still hanging around. He's super pissed at this moment Mm -hmm. because his brother's just come and got his girl. So what does he do? He gets the golf club, takes it to her head. Yep. And that's the end. Like, he's the one who... But yeah, and, he, then, th- and then he walked away, calmed down, come back, finish her off. Yeah, I That's think, how I, think it
1: I think you're right in a way. The only thing is he um he had gone to the cousin's house. Like he definitely went to the cousin's house, but it's like he came back and then found them together, maybe, and was pissed about it. She left. Tommy's like all in bed, like all happy or whatever, because he got it fucking dry handy. And she walks home, and he follows her home because he knows they've gotten up to something. And he's in his mind, he probably thinks like, "I own you. You're mine." And now mm. Tommy's got you, so I'm pissed. It's like her fault somehow. Yeah. Typical toxic masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> and then he beats. Yeah, he murders her. It could go either way. Why else are you up a tree masturbating at a window? Yeah. It's not yeah. like he could even see anything. She'd be like
2: down, this am- is weird. I can just
0: yeah. imagine him up there, and like Tommy's like in the window, can't like, get the. Fuck yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's going
2: she, she's going do you want me to come up he's like no <laughs> <laughs> Stay there. that's yeah. where I want you
1: <laughs> yeah it's just it's a, such a strange case but oh, it's weird. so like it's obviously very influenced by just like rich people yeah. doing whatever Corruption, rich people want to do Yeah,
0: inept cops that's the worst thing on thing about this case is the cops are just Getting rid of evidence left, right and centre yeah. and he's patting a dog at the end but of the But you day. look
1: at, like, and it's like, this may have been the 1970s, but not much has changed. Like, look at Jeffrey Epstein and all, like, what's going on there yeah. and, yeah, you know, like, it's, it, it's still happening everywhere. Like, money buys so much power. Oh god, yeah. That's why if you're born with a name like Russian, just get rich and do whatever the fuck you want, mm. basically. <laughs> we got
2: boring standard names, Josh and George. Yeah. yeah, no,
1: I don't really have the most normal name of all of you, though. Brianna? It's Yeah, but it's heaps Bogan because it was spelled with a Y. It's bogan in the sense that they were going to, mum and dad were going to call me Rebecca, which is mm. funny because your soon to be wife's name's Rebecca. Yeah. But then they changed it because when mum was in labor with me, dad read a cricket score in a newspaper <laughs> and the, he found out that the dude had named his daughter Brianna, spelt with a Y. And that's how bogan my name is. I'm named after a cricket player's daughter, but it was written. So her name was probably Brianna. And because you can't sound that out like phonetically. So he probably, they probably named me the wrong thing anyway. I've not heard that about Dad it. It's Dad
0: just named you after
2: a cricket place. <laughs> it's
1: Bogan. It's Heath Bogan.
2: <laughs> He's just going to close his eyes. <laughs> yeah. do. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's
1: strange. You wanted to be Oscar, but Mum wouldn't let Dad because you were going to be... Because Oscar's a shithead and yeah, lives said, in a can. Yeah, Oscar's a shithead that
2: lives in a can. It doesn't so.
1: matter. We're all farm rats anyway. Like, yeah. <laughs> what how fancy did they think we were going to be in the end?
2: Well, I could have been like Aussie, all yeah. those sort of nicknames. Even now, though, I could have used JD. I grew up all my life. Could have been called JD.
1: Honey Alley called you JD all the time. That
2: doesn't count. That's Sunny that's Alley.
1: Oh, you wanted everyone to call you JD? Everybody. Well, how about you, now you can be Uncle JD? What that's about just
2: that? Don't say Uncle JD. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're hitting the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a help from a little
1: bit of Uncle JD. At least James not Jack. Jack Daniel.
2: Jack da- Oh, yeah. That would that have been one. good, actually. JD. Now I'm, heaps th- into it. now I'm thirsty.
1: But yeah. So those were the two Halloween cases. There was heaps of them, but some of them are just... I guess.
0: Very just like, straightforward and plain. and
1: Or some of them were just too hectic, like too much information, like the toolbox. Because I did um, enjoy the one I told you about, Jordan. where, oh, you'll like this, Josh. Um, <laughs> a couple, um, a dude was arrested because he murdered his his girlfriend and it was because he thought she'd stolen his Halloween candy. Yeah. <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> and not even <laughs> that. I think he found it, but then his favorite candies were gone, and like she'd eaten his yeah. favorite candy, and they got in a fight over it, so he stabbed her to death like 36 times. Oh, she
0: crossed the line 36 times. Over oh, Halloween candy, and probably, like, probably once for everyone she stole. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. And they were like, Did
2: you do it? No, it's in that tree over there, just masturbating. <laughs> masturbating. <Masturbate. Masturbate. laughs> <laughs> Throwing
1: rocks in the window and masturbating.
0: Because <laughs> the one I was reading and I told you was old mate. He had three kids or so, three or four kids or something. and he, Oh, yeah, this dude. And he laced the pixie stick with cyanide.
1: Yeah, five of them. And he gave them out to neighborhood kids and his own children. And his own children. What's but cyanide? Cyanide's poison.
2: Straight up poison.
1: It's like what you use in your tooth when you're Russian and you get captured. By I And sure on it? And you, yeah, you yeah, crack yeah. your tooth and you foam from the mouth. <laughs> he did that to his kids. Where's he getting that from? That's not like a I think it's in rat poison, maybe. No, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm sure. not entirely sure. But he had cyanide, and basically what he did was he put it in a bunch of pixie sticks and then he made sure he gave one to his son, one to his daughter, and then he handed them to a couple of random, uh, like, neighborhood kids. And he made sure his son ate the pixie stick first and then um, his son died, and the cops. Quickly went round and like they kind of figured out. I don't know how, but they figured it was a pixie stick because it was the only thing he'd eaten, really. Yeah. And they went round the neighborhood and said, "Anybody who has pixie sticks, do not consume them." Sort of thing. And it turned out though that the father had put out a life insurance thing on his son. And he wanted him to die to claim life insurance. And the reason why he gave out more pixie sticks in the neighborhood was to make it look like someone else randomly had done it. Yeah. No, but he, he like tried to take him to a house and be like, "Yeah, this black man. It's always they yeah. always do it. This black man gave it to my kid. Like they yeah. tried it for, And none of it made like the cops did really good work on it. None they of it did. made sense. And these ones like, definitely
0: weren't from the last story. No, they <laughs> were not from Greenwich. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they that's how they figured it out. And he basically, could you imagine killing your own kid for like a hundred grand?
0: Let's not ask him that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that no, might not be the answer that, I wanted. I saw that <laughs> no, but
2: not 100,000.
1: Yeah, but, but no, but there I, is no price. No, but like to to sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to kill a kid. You have to choose which one you're going to kill now. You kill a boy. You put the. Like, it's all so methodically planned, like over such a period of time. Like, that's the weirdest part. Well, of he, well.
2: sat, he sat down and gone, how do you get quick, rich? How do you get rich quick? And he's going, I'll just kill my child.
1: Well, you can have a few of them. You've got a few spare, you know? Like, I should just go to work. No. 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 He's kidding. (laughs) But it's kind of really terrible. Oh,
0: tragic.
1: There's a few Halloween ones like that. Mm. But I definitely, I'm going to say from the movies I watched on the weekend, I definitely recommend watching um, The Wolf from Snow Hollow. That's the one you told me. Yeah. Yeah. So if you've seen um, Thunder Road, you have to watch that first though, because otherwise you won't really get the humor in the next one. Jim Carrey's is amazing, and um, this is his like follow up movie to Thunder Road. It's just really weird, and it's really funny. And also, I watched Love and Monsters, really good. Liked it because there's monsters in it, obviously. Like it was kind of like an adventure Hollywood flick. I definitely recommend that. And then I watched um, Spontaneous, which is really really good. It's like a love story between two high school teenagers but they're in high school and then the kids in their class just start spontaneously self-combusting like into just blow up into blood for no what? reason at all so oh. they kind of start living their lives like they've they've got no time at all sort of <laughs> thing but it's like it's really cool like you don't know like you could just be sitting there and someone's talking and then they just explode into blood and they don't know who's <laughs> going to be next or really? it's actually a really good movie yeah. very spontaneous yeah. it's got like a chick have you seen 13 <laughs> reasons why don't I've watch it, it, don't watch it if, you've seen, if you haven't seen it. It's not great. I
0: think Beck was watching it a while ago when it first came out. It's fucking shit. There's not sorry. a
1: suicidal one. Where yeah, like, it's not... I don't, I don't like it, but it's got Hannah, like the main chick from it, is in this movie. She's a really good actress. Yeah. And it's, I liked it. It's really good. But there's some Halloween movies for you. Definitely, though, The Wolf of Snow Hollow is a fucking good movie. What's my like, Werewolf 1? It's a werewolf 1, yeah. But it's like the premise is like this... Um, Cop. He's strange and he's a recovered alcoholic and his dad is like the sheriff of the town and he wants to become the sheriff, but his dad's really sick. So he's like kind of retiring. And then all of a sudden these murders happen. And it's kind of like one of those things you sit in there and they're just like, what did this? And one guy's like, I reckon it's a werewolf. I've been watching a lot of History Channel lately. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, it's not a werewolf. he's like, whatever. If it was, it would have to have specialised claws. Like, it's kind of... It's, like, funny. But if you didn't understand this guy's sense of humour, you would think it was, like...
0: Just a spoofy film kind of thing.
1: Or, like, just really not funny because you don't... You've got to kind of pick up on the humour. Like, it is...
0: David Pilatus is there in the background. It was
1: Bigfoot. Oh, David <laughs> Pilatus would be fucking in the city. He'd be up a tree jizzing all over this movie, like, for sure. So, yeah, as always, we have our Facebook page up and running, which is Mellow Tiger Podcast Community, I think. Fuck, I'm shit at this.
0: Mellow Tiger it's, Sorry, it's the
1: Mellow Tiger Podcast Facebook page. www.facebook.com. No one uses, like, no one's going to type that in. Um, you've got our website, www.mellowtigerpodcast.com. You can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, or you fucking already listen to us, so you already know. We've got our Instagram account. I've got some funny images going up on that. <laughs> it's just the Mellow Tiger Podcast. Everything is the Mellow Tiger Podcast. As always, if you want to email us about any stories, we'd love to get some creepy stories. It's story at or
0: your story at mellowtigerpodcast.com. Just...
1: <laughs> Thank you, Jord. And if you want to get in touch with us, you've got Bree, Jord- uh, Jordan, or Josh at mellowtigerpodcast.com. You can send us anything you want to send us. No love dick pics. No, I thought you were going to say love dick pics. <laughs> love a dick pic. Love a good dick pic. I saw
0: Josh's eyes light up when you said that, so <laughs> send them straight with- to Josh. I yeah. don't know like podcast.
1: We get those? No, yeah. Josh, we're not that big. <laughs> 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 it's not happened yet, but when we do, when I open my fucking inbox and there's a dick pic in there, that's how I know I've made it. We've made it. it. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. No, but any interesting stories or any like, Brie was talking about last week the cryptids from the hometown. Love it, Ooh, send love them in. that shit. Yeah, I've a
1: in where on my property. It was actually on a documentary Discovery Channel. They filmed it on the property next door to mine. We can get into that sometime as well. It's fucking sick, dude.
2: I want someone to be like, I saw a UFO. <laughs> I want.
1: I want to. I'm down for that as well. But I actually think aliens are like a kind of scary. It's kind of like a spirit. The more you talk about it, the more you invite them into your life, and then you get abducted. uh Oh, no. Good I luck.
2: Did
1: it. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for listening to us, guys. And um, you guys can say goodbye too. We'll see you next week.
2: See ya. Yeah, yeah. uh, Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, Josh. Nice. (laughs)